everyone. Welcome to our Sunday episode of In Conversation with IPR and Competition Law. We are Ishita Borwa and Sonal Sinha. In today's episode of this podcast, I hope you have listened to our previous episodes too. Today, we have Twinkle Maheshwari. She has done her master's in comparative corporate laws from Queen Mary University, London. She has devoted herself to academics. She is pursuing her PhD in the area of intellectual property rights from Symbiosis Law School, Pune. She has worked intensively in the field of intellectual property laws. Pinkal has been associated with the top universities of India, ranging from Symbiosis to Narsi Monji Institute of Management Studies. She has published various papers and holds not only academics but also co-curricular and extracurricular accolades. This book upon which we are going to discuss today, along with intellectual property rights in the creative industry, holds a very special position in her life as she combines her two major interests, intellectual property rights and creative industry in writing it. Welcome to the podcast, ma'am. You have left an incredible mark in the field of IPR, especially with your new book. Before beginning today's episode, I would like to ask you, ma'am, what led your interest to merge towards intellectual property rights and then your journey towards becoming the assistant professor at Narsi Monji Institute of Management Studies to writing the book Intellectual Property Rights in the Creative Industry and your goal towards IPR. Uh, okay, guys, thank you so much for such a kind uh, I mean, introduction first, uh, both of you. Uh, I mean, assistant professor actually came by chance to me because I was practicing lawyer and then I already, already, already had an inclination towards teaching because I was teaching when I was in my college uh, as well and even while I was working I used to teach so it just happened to me that I was given this opportunity to teach with Samaris and then yes I took the opportunity and since then I have decided that I, I, I think I meant for academics and I want to be in academics only uh, secondly, writing a book again, uh, I was I still remember I was doing my LLM in uh, Queen Mary University, London, and this was one of my subjects actually, intellectual property rights in the creative industry, which appealed to me a lot, and that was something very unique, something very uh, different from the you know uh, the regular subjects that we hear and the, that we learn, especially in our undergraduate programs. Right, so that is how I developed an interest in this particular field, and I would want it. I wanted to pursue it further. Uh, again, book it also, uh, you know, sort of happened to me because uh, I was, you know, already writing research papers and all, and I published. I remember a chapter in one of my uh, colleagues' uh, books. And from there on, you know, I decided to write the whole book myself. So that's how I think I would portray my journey from being an assistant professor to writing a book. Oh, that is a very beautiful journey, ma'am. And I hope uh, you continue to thrive towards your journey and also towards your success, ma'am. Thank you so much, dear. Ma'am, uh, while we know that IPR is your forte, we wanted to ask you what gave you the motivation to write the book Intellectual Property Rights in the Creative Industry, specifically related to this industry? Uh, okay, so uh, I have always been surrounded by a lot of creative artists. 
you know from so my husband is a sports person and not only him but uh, you know throughout my life all my friends you know come from a uh, different uh, creative uh, background so most of them are into music right so they have their own band and there some of them are artists like very creative uh, painters right and uh, sports persons so surrounded by all of them i uh, thought you know i mean most of them did not know uh, what actually they are what commercial value of you know whatever they are creating it holds so it was more of a you know a i think a tribute to them that i wanted to make people who are in this particular industry aware of their own rights and the commercial value that they're creating of the works that they are making right so that is the reason why i chose to i think write into this specific industry first then to venture out because most of the these creative artists they don't know of their rights and they don't know how to protect their rights right and intellectual property is uh, one of the most major growing uh, uh you know feels in today's time that is the reason i think i chose to you know write on this particular topic first i think that is my answer for that right yes ma'am it is very important that uh, creators and artists come to know of their uh, rights especially ipr and i hope this book really helps them uh, our next question is that what is your aim through this book and what is the message that you intend to pass on to the readers of the book uh so uh you know if you read the book it is written in a language which like uh, your lawyers and i have done law but people who have not done law they will also be able to understand the book uh in the sense that the language that i've used i've tried to use is easier to comprehend to people for people who have not studied law also so the the major intention behind the book is to make it accessible not only to the lawyers to the students who are studying intellectual property rights but also to the people who are working in the creative industries right this is i think the first thing the second is that uh, you know uh, there are since as you as you all know you know ipr is so dynamic and it's a dynamic field it keeps on changing it keeps you on toes every day you know every day you see a new change in uh, the uh, world of ip so uh, i've tried to inculcate uh, ma- major changes and major challenges to ip even after the covid-19 uh, you know situation what are the challenges that are faced by the different creative artists in the different creative industries so that is the reason i think i wrote this particular book in a manner wherein it does not only cater to the creative artists but also to the students to the lawyers and try to question the uh, feel itself and whether we need to you know uh, see and uh, you know uh, i think answer these challenges that is the reason i think uh, that's, that's that's what i would want to tell my readers also that you know if you read the book please read it with the perspective that uh, you know uh, it's not only that it is suggesting you uh, what to property right is but also uh, asking you to challenge the different provisions that are there uh, which actually uh, you know provide lesser protection or if there are no infringement clauses so try to question them as well so i think uh, please read it with an open mind is what i would want to tell my readers mm. thank you ma'am uh, i and i think that is so beautiful that you did not just inculcate crucial laws but you try to disseminate it to the general public too who could understand it on their own perspective too along with intersection of ip laws to it ma'am i think that would really help the readers to read it in a very smooth manner um thank you so much 
मैम सो वी वुड लाइक टू नाउ मूव टू द नेक्स्ट क्वेश्चन मैम व्हाट आर योर ऑब्जर्वेशंस ऑन द एप्लीकेबिलिटी ऑफ आईपीआर इन द क्रिएटिव इंडस्ट्री स्पेसिफिकली इन रिलेशन टू द राइट्स ऑफ द क्रिएटर्स आई थिंक यू नो एज ऑफ डेट आल्सो इफ आई सी द राइट्स ऑफ द क्रिएटर्स आर वेरी ऑफर्ड वेरी लेस प्रोटेक्शन बिकॉज यू नो आई अंडरस्टैंड ऑल द यू नो इन द डेफिनेशन ऑफ कॉपी राइट एंड एवरीथिंग दैट वी हैव गिवन दैट पर्टिकुलर राइट टू द क्रिएटर्स लाइक यू नो ऑफ द क्रिएटिव वर्क द ऑथर्स ऑफ द वर्क द ओनर्स ऑफ द वर्क बट इफ यू स्टिल सी यू नो द फील्ड आर स्टार्टेड डेवलपिंग नाउ like uh, that of uh, you know the personality rights or the cine artist rights right they still need a much larger protection we still see there is so much of commercial value that is attached to these particular uh, Uh, you know uh, the ambits of the personality of an individual like if you for instance if you see reese very recently we have heard of amitabh bachchan giving his voice to alexa right so that shows the commercial potential of the voice or uh, that amitabh bachchan carries but still under the laws we don't have the right associated to uh you know this particular aspect of his personality and that is i think that is uh what i would i i stand i and i come from is i still think there is a scope of protection that could be offered to the creators definitely under the intellectual property laws right ma'am definitely there is a long way for uh, rights to develop to provide adequate protection to to the creators Uh, yes. and i hope uh, your book sort of gives us an idea of what can be done uh, moving on to the next question what is your current and future vision when it comes to the intersection of ipr with the creative industry uh so i think <laughs> my current vision and my future vision is similar because uh, and i say of course there are rights but as i said that ip is a dynamic field and with the Uh, inventions coming up every now and then and with the need changes in the different uh, fields right i think uh, we need that particular uh, protection and it we need that field to be dynamic uh, to include such protections like if you'll see with you know with the coming of ai with the coming of general ai neutral ai and then you know uh, even uh, the you know the super ai so if if we reach that stage you know there will be so, such a change that would be created in uh, the field of intellectual property and the creators specifically right we saw that a patent was granted uh, to an ai you know the ai was considered an author uh, very recently so it's it, i think we still uh, needs we still are at a nascent stage and i think we and will we'll always be uh, at least till the coming future wherein we are uh, i think it's not it's not fair also because you know the technology is also developing so since that is not stagnant since we are not stagnant in our position i think the ip laws also need not be stagnant to that aspect um, so i think that we yeah Yeah. Yes, ma'am. You're right. As um, our technology is booming and everything around us is booming, and I think IPR would like positively intersect with everything, and we would see it uh, booming in the future, ma'am. Uh, now, uh, moving uh, into the next question, ma'am. Uh, what are the gaps that you have observed between the rights of creators in theory and in practice? uh as i said again uh, in theory uh, you know we do give right to creators but if you see uh, we also offer uh, you know a lot of exceptions which are not specifically laid down in the under the law but still 
we we somehow include them so if you'll see uh, you know the mimicry artists and the artists the imitations that are done of different uh, uh, you know shows and and they earn say commercial gains also by doing that if you'll see all the major comedy shows if you've seen right majority of them they are doing imi- trying to imitate various characters various dialogues and uh, you know and as them by F- and with that with that they are earning commercial gains so i mean but still the person who's actually the creator does not actually have the right to claim any sort of infringement because there is no right that is accorded to him or her right so i think uh, in theory and in practice there are a lot of gaps there are a lot of implementation uh, gaps as well moreover uh, i think because the nature of the society that we stay in is more uh, you know uh, liberal in the sense of intellectual property rights because they we still do not consider them as a property right we still consider them as uh, you know as some rights which offer lesser protection to certain works or which what what protection to certain works right so i think that is the reason why we don't have a uh strict implementation and of course we consider each and everything majority of these things to fall within the ambit of uh, the fair use exceptions or fair dealing exceptions like uh you know in the rameshwari photocopy case if you have seen you know right of education was given preference over the copyright authors in their works right so uh, i think this this is where we are still uh, you know uh, struggling with uh, the implementation part with the practice with the theory part and the practice part right uh, thank you for answering that so clearly ma'am uh, the next question that we have is uh, what is the biggest drawback in terms of the practice in the industry that harms the creators uh can you please pardon me what are the drawbacks drawbacks in terms of practice practice in the industry that harm the creators uh okay again i mean uh, there are no specific drawbacks in the industry that would that harm the creators you know because uh, i would not say ki uh, it just it just hampers the you know the morale or the the will of the creator to create because if suppose i am not if i have so suppose if i have written this particular book right today uh, for which we are having this particular podcast but if suppose this particular book is made available on an open source right uh, and i am not giving given any royalty for this particular book do you think i will be able to uh, you know uh, will it be able i will i be able to even uh, uh, write another book for that matter or will i be able to even um, you know uh, create another content because i have no motivation okay maybe education is one motivation that i would want to share my knowledge but is there any other motivation do i do i have do i have any monetary benefit that is attached to this particular uh, writing with wherein i will spend x number of years in collecting uh, material you know synthesizing it doing my own research and then collating and coming up with a completely new work so whether i am uh, going to take that much of effort and pain i think that is what is uh, one of the biggest questions when it comes to uh, the challenges to the creators which actual practice uh, brings in like as i already mentioned right uh, in the rameshwari photocopy case do you think majority of the these publication houses right like oxford cambridge and all will they even try to um, is, you know uh, look forward to an indian market anymore uh, with respect to their uh, you know the circulation of their books 
right because then again we we have seen that okay i understand we have right of education but if i speak from the perspective of the creator right i think that is where somewhere uh, the lack is and that is that is a challenge that the creators might face correct ma'am now if someone copies uh, your book and it uh, publishes in an open source that would be an infringement to your own creation that you have like put so much of yours and your blood and sweat to write this book so yes ma'am so whatever you said just now it really makes sense now uh, moving on to the next question ma'am can you briefly touch upon the applications of different forms of iprs in the creative industry uh yes definitely there are a lot of uh, ips that work in the creative industry from patent to trademark to trade secret to uh, copyright you will find everything in the book also like if i say you know the food industry that is coming up the, the recipes and all that i in tattooing right so every all these industries are now coming up and booming right traditional knowledge if you will see all these uh, uh you know bigger cosmetic brands they're moving towards ayurvedic contents and they're getting them on board and they are their produce product you know producing their uh their cosmetic products so i think all the major ips play an important role in the creative industries from patent to uh you know traditional knowledge to trade secrets also like you know if you'll see the uh, the bigger brands right majorly we try to keep it as a trade secret because we don't accord the uh, protection to uh, the you know to the brand in case of patenting for a period of more than 20 years and it is non renewed so from i think all the ips are in some way or the other related to the creative industries because if i say patent so it if i take say if i take a steel of sports from the creation of the ball or creation of the bat or a racket right which can be patentable to a swimming costume which can be the design which can be patentable to the way in which it is made which can attract copyright and to the way uh, you know it is it is uh, branded it can attract trademark right so i think all these all these uh, rights are in some way or the other associated with any sort of creative industry right ma'am i think ip is one of the biggest tools for not just creative industry but any industry uh, thank True. you for answering that ma'am uh, next question is that what according to you is the most overlooked aspect of ipr in the creative industry uh i think personality rights <laughs> so that's again i think because uh, you know that's one thing i think uh, i've been i've been working upon it also and looking upon, upon it as well but I, personality rights is something which has been uh, really overlooked and we have tried to not to have a separate specific right for it except we accord minimal protection in performers right and then we try to include it in the right of privacy right these are the only two ways to protect uh, the personality of a person but even that is that falls really short because that's not it i mean that's not the only measures that the personality uh, bring to you so that's the that's the reason i think i think personality rights is something which is very overlooked in uh, uh, for the protection of ipr uh, true ma'am uh, i think india should uh, the indian law should really uh, bring out a, a codified law or um, act under the ip laws that would actually sure. would uh, protect uh, the personality and celebrity rights um, sure. yeah ma'am 
now moving on to the next question ma'am what are the uh, what are some of the measures that the creators can take in order to safeguard their ip address in their creations uh i think first of all uh, claiming right because if you'll see majority of the people who create you know they're not even aware ki they have any right in that or no if you'll see the smaller communities i think awareness is the first thing that we need to promote to create once that awareness is there then the people who are the authors the creators they should at least claim the right because at majority of the times that claiming of the right the going to the tribunals and you know claiming for any sort of infringement or passing of action in itself is something that you know that a lot of people don't indulge into i mean if you see all the first copy market is surviving because of that not even that if you will see a famous uh, tournament or a match happening uh, and if you you know see your the places nearby you they are all communicating that particular match to a large crowd area but still we do not i mean we do not see a lot of actions taking place in such cases so i think the first and the foremost thing is to you know to start taking action or making the process easier for the people to you know claim any sort of copyright infringements and violations uh, right now a lot of people don't do that because of the you know the amount that will be given in sort in case of uh, granted and the amount that they will invest in uh, filing this particular infringement claim that difference is very less or even sometimes the claim, infringement claim can go on i mean the uh, way more than um, even uh, you know the claim that the person will get of infringement so the lawyer fees and everything might be much more than the infringement claim itself so that is why i think i need we need to make it a little user friendly and that's when i think uh, once the awareness is there and people start claiming infringement uh the lesser i mean uh, there will be remedies easily easily and quickly available to the people who are the creators right ma'am completely agree uh, awareness right now is one of the needs of the r when it comes to ipr and creators yeah. uh moving on to the next question how is the position in india different as compared to other nations especially the us and europe in terms of intersection of ipr in the creative industry uh i think uh, you know uh, it's not very different but uh, there are certain changes certain differences as to the protection of specific trademarks and because you know if you see all these ip laws ip laws are also jurisdictional right so they are also jurisdictional in the manner that whatever laws we have in india today they will differ from the us and the eu so uh, keeping that in mind if you'll see the major suppose if i say the trade steps right so the trade steps of an individual or of a player or of anyone they can have a trademark in suppose us but it will not have in india so that could be used by anyone so that's the difference where the protection i think accorded is more in case of us and in eu and they are also realized and they are recognized so if i when we i was speaking with respect to personality rights also so uh, it is defined right and it is it is specified that it includes all these aspects of personality in us and in eu uh, but it's not the same that in india we only rely on two specific uh, uh, provisions to uh, you know to 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 protect 
of a celebrity or of an individual so that is i think that we need to be a little more progressive secondly uh, if you talk about you know these days all the everything is coming up on uh, softwares right technology is growing so if you see uh, you know even these uh, the changes in technology right uh, the softwares that are coming up which deals with that so in india we just have a copyright protection of them but in us suppose we have a patent protection of it right so i think that is uh, these are the changes that we need to see and we need to get into and i think we need to understand whether it is also suitable for the society that we live in right so uh, these are the major changes uh, changes that i think i would like to highlight and how the creators or you know the authors are protected in us and in eu and how it is different in indian situation yeah very true ma'am i mean india needs to progress more in the intellectual property rights uh, regime and the law for example in usa uh, there is uh, for um, uh, platforms like social media they uh, for them they have uh, this digital uh, millennium uh, digital millennium uh, copyright act to protect the uh, uh, creators and the artists on the platform of social media but uh, in yeah. india there is still a lack of that not only that even like you said the celebrity and personality rights too i think india should uh, progress more towards this aspect of a uh, law and this regime uh, very well said ma'am Uh, Ma'am, moving on to the next question, can you highlight the impact of AI and how it affects or impacts the creative industry in terms of IPR? Uh, it does a lot because AI, you know, that's a new thing that is coming up now. If you'll see, as I told, I think I, as I mentioned earlier, also that recently a patent has been granted to an AI. I mean, the AI has been considered as the author. Now, if you'll see, look at the Rembrandt paintings and all, also right, where the AI actually has started creating the work which is similar to that of the authors. Now, the whole IP and the creative industry. will uh, you know will start uh, not only you know shattering but uh, <laughs> the laws will come uh, become really different when it comes to uh, uh, you know protection or coming up of ai in the coming up of new technology as ai and this particular technology will result into a uh, complete uh, opening a completely new domain now uh, the debate has been ongoing and very long uh it has been it has been there uh, in existence wherein we talk about the protection of the rights when it comes to the ai the creation by the ai right but there's no there's no conclusion that has come out from such a debate if i don't know if you guys know about it also but guys there are you know certain countries where in uh, the judges are also ai right so there is a ai robot which is who's a judge in a lot of matters now imagine the countries are moving towards of course making an ai the judge wherein there is no gray there's only a black and a white right so it's it, it'll just give another uh, aspect to completely uh, the creators and the you know general public as such and also the intellectual property rights that are associated with that because once right now we are it's still at a very nascent stage of general ai right as soon as we move to super ai wherein this ai will start creating it you know creating things which are we which we have never heard which we have never seen right on their own not using the prior knowledge and the prior um, uh, you know uh, existing uh, information right it will definitely uh, create that disbalance between 
protecting AI, IPR and protecting human beings as a race altogether. I think so. We need to look at uh, that from that perspective, and I think that is the unsettling debate that has been going on uh, from a very long time. Yes, ma'am. Definitely. I mean, I think AI and IPR is a whole topic in itself, and we can create one another episode on just discussing the impact of AI and IPR. Uh, moving on to the next question, ma'am. Do you believe that recent technologies like NFTs and blockchain have any potential benefits or impacts when it comes to IPR in the creative industry? Uh, yes, I think uh, NFTs and blockchains will have a positive impact because when I'm when it comes to technology right it's mm-hmm. majorly uh, to protect someone's work in a manner where it is not a, uh, the other person is not able to hack it very easily right and the te- the technology just makes it a, way, a little more stronger uh, in terms of uh, getting uh, or infringement aspect right Other, otherwise there's no specific uh, use of blockchain technology but major in major industries in creative industry that is being used is to avoid any sort of hacking and making the making the software or making uh, you know the the creative work uh, a sort of a foolproof work wherein it cannot be copied or it cannot be uh, you know uh, it cannot be replicated so this is i think it will play a big role in protection of ip rights also secondly uh, if you talk about nfts or non fungible tokens right now these days we see people getting married through nfts right so uh, and you, you you recently very recently there was a pune couple then there was a south couple who actually got married through nfts and blockchain so definitely it's it's a it's a, again it's as i said like for ai for nfts and for blockchain also it's a completely new uh, area wherein ip will face a lot of issues in inculcating and including all these things as well but i think we need to keep an open mind to include such uh, changes uh, within the you know ip amid because they will also impact the rights of the creators now people are giving their receptions on metaverse right guys so it's just it just it's just something new which is coming up now this is again very creative right if i say creative yes it is very creative we did we even think of it like even 3 4 years back i think we never thought of it also but with covid with the development of technology and the you know and the restrictions also that we had we have started you know doing marriages online we started doing which at least the indian population never thought of i think so this is something very new and this is something very creative definitely if something is creative and if something someone is come up, coming up creative why not accord protection to them so i think yes there should be and it will definitely be one of the uh, you know uh, fields where a lot of protection would be required hmm very and true is also sorry to cut you out yes no no ma'am like like true true ma'am that is very true as we can see a creation a booming of creation also along with technology also and people getting and giving their uh, receptions in metaverse so yeah mm. like if technology and creativity booms of, of course the ip should intersect and give them the protection just as you said ma'am uh so ma'am lastly uh, what are the core mottos of life you believe in and you'd like to disseminate to the students of law and everyone in general 
okay so uh, my motto of life is work hard party harder <laughs> not um, in the true sense of it but yes so i am one person who would like to follow my passion uh, you know also alongside my studies which i've always done so as a student also i've always been very active with extracurricular and co-curricular activities apart from just studying i think that has helped me in developing my personality also and which i try to play all as well like i keep doing my artistic work and creative work if i and i since i love dancing i still try, try to take out time to you know uh dance to relieve that particular stress that i have you know from any uh, uh in any manner or from you know any any work that i am doing so i think the motto of life should be you know uh, do whatever you like but you know alongside uh, the work that you are that you that you love right so if you're if you're loving that that's of course uh, the best thing to do or take up in your careers but if you are still you know if you if you if you like the work and if you still have certain passions or hobbies that you would want to you know that you always wanted to pursue i think you should continue doing that with uh, at least in certain amount of time that you have so that's what uh, i think I, my life motto has been and uh, you know and i would want everyone to have that yeah be positive spread positivity because the world needs right now not the test positivity but the <laughs> positivity of the minds of the people so uh, be positive and i think work towards your goals i think every uh, thing that you would want uh, come through your way if you're positive if you keep working towards your goal but de-stressing is again as important so please keep de-stressing yourself by following uh, whatever your hobbies are and whatever uh, you like in your life so please do keep doing that uh, you'll definitely uh, reach your uh, a place which is better and secondly not everyone is at the same place at the same time because that is also one thing i've learned over the period of time you know so i'll just tell you a little quick story when i came back from uk there was literally all the placements were done a family wherein there was there's no uh, i mean i don't have a background of lawyers at all or people in the legal industry at all so um it was very difficult for me to get a job and when specifically when i left the job uh, you know when i was offered and i went for my masters uh, directly after my graduation so after coming back you know you realize that you've spent so much of amount of money even after you've got scholarship but to stay there and everything is so expensive and then you come out come out, you know come back to your to your place and you have no other opportunity so that you get a little very disheartened and you see people who are your own classmates and everyone who were you know who are who are wealth at well established firms or who are earning a lot of money uh, and you don't have anything in your hand uh plus you are having you know an extra degree in your hand so a lot of people will not even give you jobs for that but that does not matter because you know gradually you find your own way it does not matter who started when and who started where but uh, wherever you start, i think uh, you lead your own path you lead your own journey so but just stay focused on your path and i think things will fall through so if today i look back even you know i have my friends who are you know or my seniors who are at the partner level and all in different firms but i'm happy where i am and i'm content where i am because i think this is what I
something unique and what have uh, what they have done is unique in their their own way so it's everyone needs their own goals and their own satisfactions i think these are the two things that i really believe in and i think everyone all the students specifically and because i understand how demotivating and how uh you know sad it is when it comes to you know just and seeing others uh you know uh, having similar things that you could have also had but missing on those opportunities at time so it does happen but uh, i think uh, we should all go grow through it so that's uh that's how the life should be i think that's it bahut gyan ho gaya aaj ke liye sir sorry Yeah, true, ma'am. Uh, very true. And we should also de-stress ourselves, as you just said, because uh, there's a lot of stress going on in everyone's life. And as the true. saying goes, "All work, no play, makes Jack a dull boy." Uh, true. <laughs> so yes, correct. And I think everyone at the end uh, finds their way out of their life. And it was a very beautiful uh, motto that we just got from you. It was really beautiful and motivating to like me, Sonal, and anyone who would listen to this podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the answer, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you. I think we all listeners should take note of these mottos and life lessons from ma'am. Thank you Twinkle ma'am. Uh it was an interesting session with you and I hope that you enjoyed it too equally. Oh I loved it. Thank you so much Ashita. Thank you so much Sonal. Thank you yeah. for inviting me and having me over here. Yeah, no problem ma'am. It was our pleasure. and i would also like to thank all the listeners for tuning into today's episode and ma'am it was a pleasure to have you on our podcast and discuss intellectual property rights in the creative industry along with your book which is devoted towards it for more questions suggestions and recommendations please feel free to contact us on our instagram or linkedin accounts thank you everyone for listening to episode 18 of our podcast hope to host more talk shows every sunday this way we all will learn together the aspects and prospects of ipr and competition law this is in conversation with ipr and competition law see you soon in the next episode